Welcome to Pem Currents, everybody. We're in the midst of summertime, and you know what that means. More trauma, more lacerations, more fractures, and thus more sedations. To celebrate this at Pem Currents, we're going to be doing a quick review of a common medication used frequently during this time of year, and one that everyone in a pediatric ED should already be or become very familiar with, and that's ketamine. Maybe you're a new intern with no experience with the drug or a resident doing a summer ED rotation for the first time. Either way, listen up. Ketamine is a popular, well-tolerated agent used for procedural sedation in many institutions worldwide. So buckle up while we review what you need to know about this cousin of PCP. This is also the topic of a PEM brief on the website PEMCincinnati.com. So if you learn better by reading, go to the site and check it out. With street names like Vitamin K, Special K, and even Cat Valium, Ketamine is considered a dissociative agent and offers analgesic and amnestic qualities to your sedation, doing all this with a relatively quick onset of action and short duration. All great qualities for use in an ED setting. And I don't even own stock in ketamine. So here are the specifics for Special K. Ketamine will produce a trance-like state in the patient while preserving their respiratory drive and airway reflexes. That's good, right? The induction dose may vary depending on the attending, but usually it's between 1 to 2 mg per kg when given IV. This dosing lasts around 5 to 10 minutes with shorter durations seen in younger patients who have higher metabolism. Thus, depending on your expected length of procedure, your patient may require repeat dosing for maintenance of their sedation, and this can be done with doses of half to 1 mg per kg as needed. IM administration is available as well with dosing at 4 to 5 mg per kg for induction and 2 to 4 per kilo as needed thereafter. IM ketamine sticks around a little bit longer as well with about 30 minutes duration. Now, oral and intranasal administration is available and has been studied, but it's not yet commonplace, so we're not going to talk about it today. Now, your patient should start experiencing effects within about 60 seconds of the nurse flushing the IV. This may be slightly longer with IM dosing, like three to four minutes. And that dose when given IV should be given over two minutes when using ketamine for procedural sedation to reduce risk of, of adverse events like laryngospasm. When ketamine is used in the RSI world, it's given IV push, because who cares about laryngospasm when you've already decided to paralyze and intubate that child? So back to our sedation. Be sure to warn families that the child will likely keep their eyes open and that they'll have some horizontal nystagmus. That can freak the parents out more than the random moaning that the patient does during the uh, procedure. So also potentially seen as an increase in the patient's blood pressure and salivation. But as long as suction is available, the salivation should not be a problem and has not been shown to increase the incidence of adverse respiratory events. So what should you look for as far as adverse events during your sedation? Well, the main side effects are vomiting, hallucinations, or an emergence reaction, and laryngospasm. And a great reference to look into these incidences and uh, risk factors associated with the events is a couple of articles created out of a, a meta-analysis of greater than 8,000 pediatric patients that got ketamine for procedural sedation. And uh, by pediatric, that meant less than 21 years of age. Stephen Green and a host of other authors that were dubbed the Emergency Department Ketamine Meta-Analysis Study Group, seriously, uh, published two articles back in 2009 in the Annals of uh, Emergency Medicine, that, and those articles have all the specifics, all the details. You can go check them out. Um, we'll quickly pass along the goods here, though. Essentially, factors that increase a child's risk of experiencing adverse events are a large initial dose of ketamine, greater than 2.5 per kilo, a greater overall dose received, greater than 5 per kilo, older and younger patients, as in greater than 13 years and less than 2 years, and those that received either Versed or atropine or, or glycopyrrolate along with their ketamine. 
The risk of vomiting is why we're concerned at times with the patient's NPO status prior to onset of the sedation and why we're inevitably disappointed when the child, of course, stopped at Wendy's on the way over from the ball field to take down a quick cheeseburger before a lengthy ED stay. So practice patterns may vary between institutions or even within the same institution, but typically four hours from the last ingestion of solids is required with a shorter interval uh, needed with clear fluids. In a study in 2008 out of Annals of Emergency Medicine by Langdon, it was shown that giving Zofran before ketamine significantly reduced the incidence of associated vomiting from about 13% to less than 5%, with a number needed to treat of 13 patients. This may not sound like much, but it can be impactful on those crazy nights when the waiting room is full and so is the line to be sedated. And getting patients recovered from sedation and cleared for discharge as quickly as possible is imperative to an efficient department. And Keep that in mind, particularly in older children, as, increase, as increasing age has been shown to be a risk factor for associated vomiting with a peak scene at age 12 years. Now, emergence reactions. They've been described with ketamine and are essentially extreme agitation. Traditionally, it's been reported that emergence reactions are seen increasingly in older patients, like greater than 15 years, and those with a history of psychosis. However, that meta-analysis by Green did not find any age relation in their data. So the older the patients got, they did not have an increased uh, risk of, of emergency reactions. Psychiatric history was not evaluated in the study, so can't make a comment on that. While Versed has been used in the past as a premedication to reduce the risk of recovery agitation, it's repeatedly been shown to not affect the actual incidence. And as mentioned earlier, may actually increase the occurrence of other unwanted side effects. So keep it in your back pocket if you need it later for agitation, but no need to, treat, to pre-treat the patient. Finally, laryngospasm and other respiratory events. Overall, the incidence of airway and respiratory adverse events is about 4%. These may range from the more common hypoxia, or signs of airway, upper airway obstruction that resolve with airway repositioning, to more infrequent events like apnea or laryngospasm. And laryngospasm, it's detected clinically by strider or other signs of airway obstruction that doesn't improve with airway realignment. Those higher doses of ketamine were again shown to be independent risk factors, as well as age extremes, with increased rates in patients seen younger than 2 years and older than 13 years. Co-administration of an anticholinergic or a benzo were also shown to increase the incidence of respiratory events, with odds ratios of 1.82 and 1.39 respectively. Essentially, benzos don't help emergence reaction, and they may result in respiratory events and anticholinergics may or may not help hypersalivation that isn't causing any problems in the first place. If you're going to give a med with ketamine, give Zofran. So are there times when you shouldn't use ketamine at all? Sure. It's not perfect, and there's concern for increasing intracranial pressure. So the possibility of elevated ICP or closed head injury are relative contraindications. It shouldn't be used in those younger than three months or with a history of psychosis. And finally, it has long been believed that ketamine can cause an increase in intraocular pressure as well, eliminating it as a potential agent in patients with glaucoma or concern for ocular trauma. Reports now are emerging that show, showing that IOP does not significantly increase with ketamine use, with a possible increase in IOP of one millimeter of mercury during sedation. Check out papers by Drena in the American Journal of Emergency Medicine in September 2012 and Halstead in American Emergency Medicine in October 2012 for more details but it looks like ketamine's probably okay in these instances. Well, that does it. We'll try and keep some uh, summer-themed topics coming, so keep checking back for more episodes of PEM Currents. Now go forth with this new knowledge and give all those injured kids ketamine.
Because like Joey Ramone, they just want to be sedated. I want